Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 49 of the Aesthetic Doctor podcast. Today, I have the absolute pleasure to introduce you to another amazing guest, Ms. Lisa Peppersatkin. She is an absolute leader in the field of self-development. She is a licensed psychotherapist, executive therapeutic coach, and Brene Brown certified Dare to Lead facilitator. She has an impressive 30-year track record of empowering individuals to reach new heights. Today, as I said, we're going to talk about self-esteem, self-development, and how to cultivate the best relationship with self. So please join me as I welcome Lisa Peppersatkin. As I said, Lisa, in my intro, I'm so excited to have you here because I think we just have these really similar journeys and ways that, and things that we're working on. So really like self-esteem, it's such an important topic, I think for women, especially. So tell me what self-esteem means to you. Oh, that's a, it's a wonderful question. And it it's knowing ourselves from the inside out, you know, actually that's where our world's really marry there because you help us have that match up with your treatments and your skill set and your coaching too it matches it it brings it all in alignment but back to self-esteem you know i created a program for kids to grow self-esteem because i saw and know that it starts from the get-go it starts from that little kindergartner who needs to know that they have value, right? And it keeps growing. I've watched, I have two daughters. So I'm watching them grow in self-esteem and self-worth. And I watch their friends who have it and don't have it. And it's a matter of tuning in and knowing what is unique about us as individuals to tap in and clue in and, and, and really anchor into what our purpose is and then have that garden watered by people around us that we love and respect and guide us. I love that. Answer. Yes. And I talk a lot about anchoring in as well. So, you know, if there's, should, some- I, should I, should we stop and I'll put my dog inside? Oh, you're fine. You're fine. You don't mind? Dogs are great. Also, like, you know, there's something about the unconditional love of a dog talking about self-esteem. It's just somebody telling you every time, even if you've just gone like, I want to be with you. You're the greatest person on earth. Like, I love dogs. Anyway, this is on the side, people. If you're not watching, but you're listening, Lisa's dog just wandered by. Tell us about your dog, Lisa. I, You know, it's so interesting you would bring that up because my dog is just coming out of cancer. And she doesn't bark anymore. So the fact that she's barking today, it's like a celebration. I mean, I, if we're talking about self-esteem, she always gives like a high five when I'm on zoom calls with clients and all of a sudden she'll bark. It's 
always a high five for whatever is going on in the process. I don't know. I think she's with us. She's like, yes, 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 ladies. You got awesome. it. Yes. Celebration, right? And it's all about celebration of self. And like you said, that celebration of the uniqueness, because you talked about children. And it's really interesting. I read a study somewhere that like, you know, by the time children are sort of in the early grade levels, like five, six, seven, you know, my three-year-old is still like, I'm amazing at everything. Like, yes. Right. And then by the time they go to school and of course it's development, it's being aware of the world, but also this need to fit in that they're already starting to kind of tune some things down right and tone them down so that they're not too much or too this or too that so it's amazing how that societal conditioning that really i think affects our self-expression and our self-esteem starts so young it starts so young and we have the ability as parents as caregivers as loved ones to shape the way kids grow simply through our curiosity and our conversation and lack of projection, right? Like not putting onto our kids what we want them to be or do or have and really stay curious with them about their own development. Like who are they coming into being? You know, I notice it with my girls and clothing. So my girls will be very quick to tell me when my outfits suck or when my hair is bad or my makeup needs changing. And I always listen to their wisdom. And my friend said, why do you let them bully you around? And I said, because it actually helps them grow their self-esteem. They have confidence in their voice when someone that they respect respects listens to them. And then there's a secondary part. If I listen to them, then they are more likely to listen to me when it's something really important that I'm wanting to suggest, push, teach, train, inspire. We have this mutual relationship of giving and receiving. And that's also what grows self-esteem and self-worth. Yeah, knowing your voice matters, right? The loved ones around you listening to you and not just shutting you down. Um, You know, I have a lot of adult listeners, of course, and I do love what you just said because a lot of people I imagine are parents. But, you know, if one of our listeners maybe does not have what they perceive to be the best self-esteem or they're self-conscious or they're sort of saying, you know, I read this thread the other day where it was like in a, physician mom group and somebody was saying like oh I just feel so frumpy and ugly all the time and you know so many people like chimed in are like me too me too me too and it really kind of made me sad but if there's somebody who's listening who's like oh I don't think my self-esteem is the greatest I mean again we want to honor where everybody's at but what do you think is the first step to developing self-esteem I'm so excited that you asked about this because in you know my gift to your listeners too is my simple pdf that's called fire your inner bully and give voice to your wisdom now what that process is about is beginning to listen to deep unconscious programming 
that isn't the truth. But we have a tendency to believe the inner bully, especially if you think about it, years and years and years of taking the advice of our inner bully rather than our inner wisdom, especially if we haven't come from a place where anyone's watering the garden of our esteem, right? And mm-hmm. so um, that PDF will be available for all your listeners, but it's a simple process. It's first expanding your awareness of that voice that continues to keep you down and then gathering new tools and new habits and new practices to turn that around, to not take the advice of the inner bully because the inner bully's job, the unconscious job, right? The habitual job is to keep us safe. And if we no longer take the advice of the inner bully, then we have to like get advice from somewhere and we get advice. We start to begin to get advice from our inner wisdom. And what we need to do is start to look for evidence that our inner wisdom is guiding us in the right direction. And I encourage people to do that through journaling and through affirmations and through gratitude, like all of these practices that are all over Instagram, all over TikTok, all over the internet, all over your podcast. Why? Because they work and they're simple. They don't take a lot of time. They don't take any money and they don't take a lot of skill and they can have a lasting impact. Um, And I love what you said, because we, you know, you and I both kind of have that same perspective of like, and I've said this before, the first step is really just to notice the thoughts in your brain. And, and, you know, you are the thinker of your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. I think a lot of people that have never examined your thoughts, they think everything that's going on in their brain is the truth. But honestly, it's just words, words being said in your brain. And so, like you said, the first step is just to notice and to say, which voice is that? And I love that you call it the bully versus the inner wisdom. And I think it's amazing how the bully runs the show so many times. Right. And we're habituated toward that. Let me give your listeners a quick exercise that they can start using right today it's a world of difference okay so you're going along and you all of a sudden feel a little bit off or a little bit cranky ask yourself what was I just thinking okay and we all know those thoughts even those of us with high self-esteem can still get punched in the gut by our inner bully right so you ask yourself what was I just thinking and then you ascertain what you were just thinking And then you say out loud, oh, there's one of those. Now, why we say it out loud and don't do it in the grocery store because someone will think you're crazy. But why we say it out loud is it's bringing the gunk from the deep unconscious world that runs our brains. 89% of our thinking is unconscious. Only 11% is conscious. So when we say there's one of those, we're bringing that old inner bully thought into consciousness 
And from there, we can change it. And those next steps are in the PDF that I'm going to share with you. And we're obviously going to put that in the show notes and all of that stuff for everybody to um, see. And, and of course, that's the same way journaling works, right? It's that same thing that through your hand, it flows onto page and then you can read it again with a much more sort of third person observer ability. Yes, beautiful. And in the journaling, I encourage my clients to journal the path forward. So I had a, a, a guy that I work with daily. He and I have a, a checking in affirmation intention setting on the daily. And he said, okay, today I'm not going to snack. And I texted back and I said, what are you going to do? And he texted back all of my eating episodes, we call them, you know, eating times are going to be full of nourishing food. So you can see if you tell the brain not to do something, it goes right there, it grasps onto it and it wants to do it more and more and more. But if you tell the brain where you want it to go, it goes in that direction and beyond. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just love this. And we're used to it, but imagine coming into this for the first time, like it, it makes a difference. I, I love what you're doing because it makes a difference. For people. Thank you. I received that and right back to you. I mean, it makes such a difference. And I know that for you, it must be the same that it is just so amazing and beautiful and just nourishing to see people like transform their lives, which really simple things. And sometimes not much on the outside has to change, but the inside landscape looks so different and the way it feels to them is so different. And that's really, I think what the big difference is like, it's just that feeling and your relationship with self. Cause really in my mind, a lot of this is about this exquisite relationship of cultivating that love, care, respect for yourself. And that's where all these affirmations, positive thoughts, and all of that go towards. And, you know, we talked about, um, I would love to touch on self-care and self-care practices in this song, Sam, okay. because I think it's another way to um, influence that relationship with self. And like you said, that self-esteem, what are some of the radical self-care practices that you practice? You're, you're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. So on the daily, I write a love letter to money. Now you can substitute money for anything else that you want to be in a really healthy relationship with, right? And money and the issue around money is also ancestrally in my history, there's some trauma there. Both my grandmother and my mother ended up without any money. So I've done a lot of work around money mindfulness and abundance and awareness and conversation with it. So it makes sense that I would write a love letter in my journal every day to money. I just say hi to her. She's a her. I say <laughs> hi to her and I thank her for all the different ways she's come in. Or, you know, I asked her to slow down the other day because my daughter's going to homecoming and wow, that's like a mini wedding, you know? And so my daughter and I had a conversation about it. I said, yeah, I planned for this and let's stay mindful about it. And let's write down your spending so we know and we can plan. It's like opening this conversation. So write a love letter to anyone or anything that you're in relationship with and watch how it starts to change. 
We don't have to send it to anybody, but we keep it going. It's a consistent practice. Definitely your affirmations. Your affirmations are, are easy. They are your I am statements for the day, right? And text people in your life, like have an affirmation buddy and text each other one to three affirmations a day, right? Some of my clients that work with me on a regular cadence, text me in the morning answers to prompts that I give them. Why? Because it keeps us in the game. So let's stay in the game ourselves. Answer a certain set of questions around things that you're working on. So for example, I'm working with one fabulous CEO. Oh my God, I love him so much. And he is working on rigorous honesty in recovery in his life, right? So he's a CEO of a major company. He's doing great in that. And his drinking kicked his ass. And now his sobriety is forcing him to grow. And so he, on the daily, answers a set of questions and texts them to me. Is he doing well? Oh, yeah, because he's in the game on the daily. So find a set of questions that will help you grow your self-esteem or your self-worth or your awareness or your relationship with your kids or your relationship with your partner or your relationship with your menopause, whatever it is, and engage in that relationship. That's what I love about writing. You don't have to be a journaler, or good journaling. I don't know. You just, just be committed to radical self-care. And um, when Lisa says questions, I know some of you might be driving or listening or walking or whatever you do while you um, listen to the podcast. And I appreciate you all, but it might be a little vague to say questions. And I, you tell me what kind of questions. When I think about what you just said, I'm thinking about simple things like, who am I going to be today? What is my highest self? What is my intention for the day? What am I going to focus on? Beautiful. What's one thing I can do today that moves me in the direction that I want to go in? Oh, I love that question. Let's repeat it. What is one thing I can do today that moves you in the direction that you can go in or that I can go in? Yes. It's sort of like, um, you know, I'm a Martha Beck coach and she talks yes. about twelve steps and that's exactly that step so small that they're achievable, yet it's that what moves you forward. Those goals that you can do, like the three affirmations a day, your five affirmations, your whatever. I do three good things with my children at the end of the night, and they know we do that. So when they lay in bed, we kind of compress at the end of the day. And I ask them the, you know, the whole thing about three good things. What are three good things that happen in your life today? Can I add something to your ritual with your kids? So rituals our habits with soul. See, your kids are already counting on it. So it's beautiful. What I did with my kids, which I was so, I'm so happy. I learned this. I asked them what were something really empowering that happened and something that was really challenging. And then when they go also to the challenging, how did you get through it? So they're learning that they can land on their own two feet. We're all needing to remind ourselves, how do I land? How did I get through that? Right? So I love that you're already doing rituals. 
Um, another question, what's one food decision you can make today that nourishes your body? So mine this morning is tortilla chips are so fabulous, but they're not my best friend right now. So I'm going to leave them to the side one day at a time. It sounds so silly. But, you know, we get in these habits of just like, boom, I grab a, and then I am off to my next call or my next client. And I can grab something better than that. I know how to grab healthy foods. Yes. One thing that will move me towards where I want to go, whether that is food, whether that is my parenting relationship, my business, my love relationship, my relationship with self, my thought work, one thing. Yes. Now, one of the things that I think is so fascinating about you is that you are a Brene Brown dare to lead coach. And I, if any of my listeners don't know about Brene Brown, she is just fabulous. She's just written amazing, amazing groundbreaking books. And I have so digestible. Yes. I have read a whole bunch of them, including dare to lead. And, you know, Atlas of the heart, that is her most recent one is just a work of art along with an atlas of the heart. So if you have never read any of the work of Brene Brown people, and you are on a journey to self-care, self-discovery, self-empowerment, like, like Lisa said, so digestible. So, you know, tell me how you are using your Brene Brown dare to lead training in both your work and your life. Beautiful. So I am a certified dare to lead facilitator. So she trained, I think, 400 of us in 2019. We had to apply to get in and it was really incredible. And I'm still in touch with the women that sat at my table. And what I do now is I lead trainings for people who want to expand their own leadership. So this doesn't mean that you need to be an executive or a C-suite leader. Mm -hmm. You are the leader in your own life. And the tools that are a part of getting Dare to Lead trained, there's no difference between our personal life and our professional lives. It's just absolutely incredible. So I do in-person retreats called Own Your Leadership. And that information's on my website. And I also do cohorts that are virtual so people can get dare to lead trained by me in a cohort with other leaders what makes a leader someone who calls me and says I'm a leader and I want to be in your cohort and then we talk and I interview them and and that's a more advanced program for people who've done work on themselves right because all the other people are people who've already done quite a bit of work on themselves. So they're familiar with the terms or they've done a Martha Beck coaching program or something. Um, But the intention to own your leadership is really the most important. I love that. And, and, and I do want to highlight too, or just clarify that, like you said, the leaders I'm sure that you assemble aren't specific to the C-suite. I mean, it could be entrepreneurs. It could be people that are leading teams. It could be people that are, you know, an academic stay at home mom, stay at home. Moms are leaders. Moms Mm -hmm. stay at home. Dads are leaders. They're leaders of 
their family system, their family life, right? I work with a lot of people who are still trying to figure out what they want to do. And they're in this transformational personal development conversation and path. That's a leader. You know, I, I love that you say that because I really work with a lot of people that, um, and I've done an episode on this, that really almost have a midlife. I don't call it a crisis. I call I it a realignment or an I awakening that yes. we've kind of been down this track of like what society has told us we should do. Right. And like, now you're going to have this job and you're going to have it forever until you die and you do your 401k. And then they kind of wake up one morning and they're like, this sounds horrible. Like it looks amazing on the outside. It fulfills all the expectation norms, but I feel this like restlessness, this unfulfillment, this like the fact that there could be more out there. And I love when that little nudge happens and when people listen to it, because it is like this reawakening, right? It's this going back to you call it your inner wisdom. There's many names for it, depending on what coaching kind of Yes, world you're from, but I just love when people sort of rediscover their true self, their true path. And that's when like magic happens, right? Yes. Now you and I are on the same wavelength, right? So we just go back and forth like, yes, 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 yes. Now I just had this moment of like, what if I'm a listener and I'm like, well, I'm not there yet. I'm not I don't have that job or I don't have that level. I don't, I'm not there. You know, I'm not the person Lisa's talking about. And then you talked about 12 steps in Martha Beck. And I'm not exactly familiar with, I know who Martha Beck is, but I haven't done her training, but. Turtle steps. It, turtle steps. it is. What did you say? Turtle steps. Oh, turtle steps. I thought you said 12, but that's exactly it. It's like baby steps. What's one step I can take. So Brene has a book called the gifts of imperfection. That's a wonderful place to start, right? And then we take the next step and we take the next step. And there is so much information out there on our beautiful worldwide web and on Instagram. And like on my website, I have so many free tools for people because people who work with me with a luxury package, that's not for everybody. And so I have a span of tools for everybody to get a little bit of something. And I think that's what you do too, with your podcasts. Like, wait, I have episodes to teach you how to start to love yourself. You don't have to do the full coaching package. If you can, great. But there's so many of us who are willing to help. So tap into that if you're not quite there yet. And I, and I love that you just brought that up. And I think that's kind of where my comment started. If you're driving, you're like, oh, that's me. I have that nudge. I sort of feel like there might be more. Yeah, start noticing your thoughts. And there is wonderful, beautiful books and resources out there. And like you said, um, you know, we're going to obviously link all of your stuff. I know you've mentioned a PDF that we're going to link in the show notes as well. We will link all of your websites. And like you said, there's wonderful. That's I think what I love about podcasts, too, is that you can literally have these amazing voices and thoughts in your head, right? Like you can, like we have talked about, you know, watering and growing and nourishing what you want. Like I love listening to some of the self-development podcasts because again, it just changes the tone of my entire drive. I'm so with you. I also, I think at the root of low self-esteem can be 
anxiety. And anxiety is this term that's just sort of wing tossed around all the time. And what I help people do is distill it down to where is my thinking getting tangled? Mm. And I think that that's also a core process that if people are just starting out, they can look at where does my thinking get tangled and how can I find a solution for that tangle? Like you said, turtle steps, one baby step at a time. And there are so many good courses on like Udemy and Masterclass and Skillshare. They're, you know, it, they're reasonably priced. Like all of us go and spend money on, you know, coffee, expensive money on coffee, spend money on courses for yourself and then have that grow into, okay, what do I want to do for myself to make myself look better, feel better? It's both. It's working from the inside out and with you, the outside in as well, you know? Yeah. And, and you know, another really actionable tool I would love to leave listeners with, um, and I know you're the expert, but you just really kind of are sparking my brain in such amazing Yay. ways, Yay. is a lot of times, um, you know, we talk about inner wisdom and inner knowing versus anxiety. Um, so many people, I feel like, are sort of disconnected, like their brain and their bodies. Yes, and so sometimes the first exercise I ask people or coaching clients to do is to really just stop, close their eyes, take a deep breath and say, how am I feeling right now? To actually acknowledge where you are and to get that connection to the body back. And, you know, not going beyond the good, bad, anxious or not, but to really be like, what am I feeling and where is it in my body? So that would be another great way to just really like, center into your midline to acknowledge your body and just check in mm, mm. that so we're sparking each other so in the you know we're talking about the morning journaling and the questions and practices right in alignment with what you're saying how am i feeling right what do i notice about my body like my tush in the chair or my wherever I am, what's going on with my spine, what's going on like right now, I noticed that my heel really hurts because I walked with my dog in dumb shoes, you know, so I noticed my heel. So like you say, and even journaling about that, what you notice about your body. And then the second step I have people do to start to expand their awareness is what do you notice about your environment, right? Like while we were talking a hummingbird, was just hanging out in front of my window, right? That's a noticing and awareness. And then the third step, which is simple, is what are the thoughts that I'm thinking as I'm doing this exercise? So I'll tell you a thought I was thinking as you and I were on this call. I was like, oh my God, you have the most amazing arms. Like you've only lifted your arm a couple of times, but I'm a real arm girl. So I was thinking, I wonder what she does for her arms, right? Those are just my thoughts that I noticed, right? Okay. So what that does is it expands our relationship with ourself, mind, body, and, and soul, as, as you and I both know it. I love how you just kind of really gave three actionable, like super actionable steps. Um, so, and I love how much like, kind of collective wisdom we've shared and 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 I love having guests like you on my podcast because once in a while 
you kind of peripherally know somebody or got to know them. And then really having these conversations is just such an energetically like rich experience, right? Yes. So thank you so much from like the bottom of the bottom of my heart. So like this Me was too. such a treat. Um, before we go off, and of course, we're going to link all this in the show notes, but where can our listeners find you? So they can find me at lisapeppersatkin.com. That's kind of hard, long, chunky name, and you'll have it. And, you know, I'm really very available. I'm very available. People have questions or want to email me and ask me something. What I love is that if I don't know someone, I will find you someone. I have a very strong network of really good therapists, coaches, healers, people just like you. So I don't like how so many people are not available anymore. I don't like that. Let's all be available for each other. And I'm really good at managing my energy. So it comes from a clean and clear place. If mm -hmm. I can't do it, I won't do it, but I'll get it done for sure. I love that. Well, thank you again for your time. This was like the biggest treat. Thank you for so me much. too. I can't wait to do our class on self-esteem. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.